Preserve your word, O Lord, in these latter days. And sometimes it seems as though the word is disappearing as we see the world that we are a part of falling further and further away from God's ways, God's will, even a knowledge and awareness of his existence. But remember the words from Revelation that the gates of hell will not prevail. And so as we gather this morning, we gather in confidence and in joy, knowing that the victory is already won. May God's grace and his peace be and abide with each of you in the name of the one who is ours and the world's one and only Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, let's um, be honest with each other. And I hope, in a sense, you might even think that way. When you walk into church on a Sunday morning, it's what we're here for, isn't it? Because in a few moments before we receive the Lord's Supper, we'll have the confession of our sins. And part of that is truly about being honest. Being as honest with ourselves in the various ways in which we have failed, the ways in which we have forsaken the Lord, and the ways in which we cause offense against one another as well. We come and we gather here before a just and a righteous God. And so there's nothing for us to hide. Let's be honest. So let's be honest and acknowledge that God's ways are not our ways. He even tells us that in the Scriptures through the prophet. No, His ways are not our ways, for we can see that quickly when we listen and we watch as Jesus calls and He invites the people to come to Him. At times I think you and I, however, still live as though we were the little children we were when we were growing up. You remember when we would pick a team or someone to be in a weather with us on our team for a sporting event or some project or something we would take under, and what would we do? When we had picked that team, we would pick, you know, the strongest, you know, the wisest, uh, the one who seemed to have it all together. That's how we would do it, but not God. Now, in our text from Matthew 11, it has those familiar and those wonderful words that we love for ourselves. Come to me, all you who are burdened, and I will give you rest. Now, of course, we love those words. We cling to those words because we know the burdens that we carry. We know the struggles that we have. We know our need. We treasure these words and the gracious invitation that we are included. But that word all, let's be honest, that is where we again recognize God's ways are not our ways. Or how about the preceding verses when Jesus said, I praise you, Father, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Truth is, this just doesn't seem to make sense to us. Doesn't God want those who are you know, perceived and recognized as the best, the smartest, maybe the most deserving? Well, rather than answer that question, let's talk about what we do know. 
what we do know is this, that Jesus came for all. He said, come to me, all you who are burdened. He doesn't distinguish, he doesn't categorize, he doesn't rank or limit his invitation or his offer. Simply he says, come. Because all are in need. Every one of us is burdened by the weight of our sin. So why does Jesus say, come? Because as our reading for this Reformation Day in Romans says, no one is made righteous through the law, but by the law we become conscious of our sin. And by the way, this is one of those core teachings that we derive from or we benefit from through the Reformation. Again, this wonderful balance of law and gospel, this law that reveals to us our sin, our need, and the gospel that reveals to us God's provision and God's love. But the Lord further instructs us, saying, for there is no difference for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And there's that word again. All. We're all in the same boat. We're all up the creek without a paddle. All of us stand equally before holy, righteous, just God. About four or five times a year, I'm privileged to go into the Sumter County Jail and lead worship in both the men's and the women's units. And I can tell you almost every single time I'm there, one of the things I say in one form or another is, I let them know as I begin, by the way, I am no different than you. Think about it. When you walk in and those doors or those gates slam behind you, but when you stand with those men or with those women, and the law of God convicts us of our sin, our brokenness, our failures, truth is we are no different than those who find themselves behind the gates of a prison. We all have that same need as we stand before our God and our judge. None of us deserve His love and His mercy. Yet, God freely gives to all who turn and trust in Him. It doesn't matter what the sin is. That's grace. He responds and He forgives. Yes, Jesus' invitation has been and is and remains for all. One of the things that continues to capture my attention about God's heart and God's vision is the fact that He calls us to come to Him as little children. He calls us as little children. That word and that practice was revealed by the Lord a number of times, including when He said, Let the little children come unto Me, for the kingdom belongs to such as these, and you cannot enter the kingdom unless you come to Me as a child. To get to the point, 
like a small child that is helpless and dependent upon another, we must come to the Lord completely and dependent and reliant upon Him alone. Not based on anything we have done, we could do, but only based upon Him. He doesn't invite us based upon our strength, our experience, our actions, our wisdom. He invites those who are utterly dependent upon Him. And that means our God invites all. All. There is nothing we can do to make ourselves right or acceptable to Him. Sin has separated us from God, but God invites us to come and be restored. The scriptures record this many times, this teaching about we must be a child as we come to him, as the Lord surprisingly called the least expected. David, a meek, small shepherd boy. Mary and Joseph, humble and poor. Zacchaeus, a wee little man. Paul, a persecutor of followers of Christ. Levi, a tax collector, a traitor of his own people. And the Lord is still surprisingly calling the least expected in our day. You and me to come. But how does he call? Through his word. Part of what we celebrate, again, the means of grace that God comes to us in His Holy Word. God comes to us in the sacrament of our baptism by the working of the Spirit and the Word to instill and bring us into faith. God comes to us again in the bread and the wine with His body and blood. And God's Word, it works through means and I would like to encourage you to recognize that also that includes his people. Hear Matthew 25, 34 through 40. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, and take your inheritance. For I was hungry. And you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. And then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick in prison and go to visit you? And the king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these, you did it for me. Again, in that reading from Matthew 25, it says, The king will say, Come and take your inheritance. 
Notice through whom again our God and our King then works. He works through the simple, the poor, the weak, people like us to reach people like us. They're no different than we are. We're no different than they are. Christ's vision for you and amazing grace is for us to be His hands, His presence in this world. It is for us to love, feed, clothe, comfort, tend. It is for us to invite all to come and receive His gifts of forgiveness, love, and life. Yes, when you did it unto the one of the least of these, you did it unto me. The history of this church in its 11 years continues to reflect that we have heard this call and we do strive to fulfill it. Whether it's in the work we have done from day one in Wildwood schools, whether recently the delivery of 137 brand new polo shirts to both the high school and the elementary school, whether it's nine mission trips in 11 years, whether it is us uh, coming alongside of some of the families when there is a crisis for short-term scholarship to help them to stay in our early learning center, whether it's last year, 480 books were given away through our Accelerated Reader Support Program as we encourage the children at Wildwood Elementary School, whether it's our partnership with Love in the Name of Christ, helping families in crisis and in need, whether it was a repaired water reservoir in Haiti this year that now provides water for the children of the school and that whole community, whether it's the hundreds of pounds of food we provide quarterly to local food pantries. And the list go on. Christ's invitation to come remains for all. And often, they're not coming into the church to hear that invitation. Therefore, we as the body of Christ are called to go into the community around us and to bring that invitation of come to them where they are. My friends, the Reformation also again reminds us of the urgency of our task. We know not the day nor the hour. Not only of the coming of the Lord, but of that person's life that he is putting in your path and in your sphere of influence. We know not the day nor the hour. Our task is urgent. For without Christ, people have no hope. My prayer and the prayer of the leadership of this congregation is that the Lord would continue to guide and shape us for service and witness as we seek to live out His vision of sharing that invitation for all to come. Amen.